After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. Gran multitud, la cual nadie podía contar. Personne ne peut le compter. Alleed gekom uit elke nasie, do mieu kate, a mieu anoe. Tribush pop with the language. E us sing hasan or us mimani. And before the lamb. Llevaban tunicas blancas. Und hielten palmzweige in ihren Händen. Si austrigat ku glas tare. Salvation belongs to our God. Le sali e an notre Dieu. Ke krang la elam, ranga ay lor. Etinaya fui, bobosa lo bwa oye. Every nation. Ortiniam. De toda nación. Elke nasie. Oh, yeah, wasn't that cool? Okay, that's cool. Those are all people from our church, and that's not even all the languages that are represented in our church. And I think it's just so cool to be a part of an every nation congregation, isn't it? One person's excited. Let's get excited today. Okay, you guys got to wake up a little bit more than 9 a.m. You had a little more sleep, right? Okay, well, it's great to see you guys today. We are kicking off a new series, a vision series over the next four weeks. And this series is called Every Nation as we talk about what it means to be an every nation congregation and what God is building here at Arise Church Denver. So if you're new, my name is Matt Wolf. I'm the lead pastor here. And we are all about helping people follow Jesus. We wanna help you follow Jesus and for you in turn to help other people follow Jesus because following Jesus is the path to the fullest life and the only path to eternal life. And that's what we want for you. We want it for every nation, right? So we're gonna talk about in this series what it means to be an every nation congregation. Um, and I wanna start with the passage that you heard in the video that you just watched. So um, this isn't gonna be like a normal message because it's more of a vision message. Instead of like going into one passage of the Bible, um, we're gonna go through five. Is that okay with you guys? We're getting some scripture today. Hope you're ready. If you need, you can use the YouVersion Bible app. All the scriptures are right there on the Arise Church Denver event. You can save notes. But we're gonna start in Revelation chapter seven, verses nine and 10. As we read this, this is a vision. John is one of the 12 disciples and towards the end of his life, God gives him this vision and a lot of it is of the future and some of it is here of what heaven is gonna be like. And it says in verse nine, he says, after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. Okay, it's beyond human possibility to count how many people are gonna be there in heaven. Okay, this is way more people than showed up for Taylor Swift. You guys tracking with me? Okay, it makes the Ed Sheeran concert look like nothing, okay? Every, there's so many people there, no human being could count them. And it says from every nation, in case you're wondering where this idea of every nation congregation comes from, every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the lamb. That's Jesus Christ. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches, showing that they were victorious in their hands. Verse 10, it says, and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. And that's what they see, all these different people from all these different backgrounds and they're all worshiping one God and his son, Jesus Christ. That's what heaven's gonna be like. And in verse nine, it says, from every nation. Now that phrase, every nation, you know, we, we take it as like nation states today. There's the United States, there's Mexico to our south, Canada to our north, and all the other 200 countries all over the world. Um, it probably wasn't quite what that term meant back in those days. It's every ethnic group. But as you keep reading, then it says, okay, beyond that, it's every tribe. Well, 
that, that's maybe a little bit of a smaller unit. We have some tribes in the United States, some indigenous tribes, but we also have like political tribes, don't we? Okay, we, we call all sorts of different groupings tribes. And then it says every people. Well, how does that fit in with nation and tribes? I don't know. I studied this verse a lot and there's a lot of overlap between these different groups. And then the last one, it says languages. These are people who, who speak different languages, maybe different dialects or, or with different accents and they're all coming together. And it's hard to differentiate. Okay, well, is this, this, this is nation, this is state, this is tribe. You know, it's hard to differentiate because I think what it's saying is like, there's all these different ways that we divide people. We divide people into nation states. We divide people into their different tribes, into their different skin colors, into their different ethnicities, and all these different ways that we divide people. And in heaven, we're all coming together. Now there's a vision of it that John can look at them and know immediately it's all these different people. So they still look different. They still act different. They still talk different. They still wear different clothes. And yet all of them are coming together, every nation to worship the one true God. And that's the vision of heaven that we get. And I love it. And that's what we wanna build here because I don't wanna wait. Seriously, I don't wanna wait till I get to heaven for that to happen. There are people who say this, oh man, won't it be great in heaven when there's no more conflict, no more hatred, no more racism? Like, yeah, it's gonna be awesome, but why do we have to wait till then? Why don't we pursue it now? Seek after it now to make heaven on earth. Didn't Jesus tell us to pray for that? On earth as it is in heaven? Like this is what we're seeking after, what we're trying to build here in our church, to be in every nation congregation. We are actually um, gonna add the idea of an every nation congregation to our core values this year, okay? We want it to be that important that it's one of the cores, one of the pillars of who we are as a church so we don't go away from this, that we are an every nation congregation. So the language that we have for this is an every nation congregation that we reflect heaven by cultivating a community of diversity for all people, for all people. We wanna reflect heaven. We don't wanna wait till it goes then. We wanna do our best. And, and it takes some work. Some of you are like, Matt, you're not even close. I know. Okay, we got a long ways to go, right? I know that, that we do things and it, sometimes it's difficult because you're coming from different cultures, different languages, and there's things that you have to overcome and work through. And sometimes I say stuff because I talk too much and I offend people and I'm sorry ahead of time. So just come talk with me afterwards. Like I'll try to fix it so I won't do it again, right? But that's what happens when you have di different people from every nation, tribe, every people and every language. But, but when you come together, it begins to expose the beauty of what heaven's gonna be like. And we wanna build that here so much that we're gonna make it one of our core values. So coming up on September 24th, we're gonna have what we're calling Vision Night. It's gonna be 6 p.m., it's a Sunday night. So you go to church in the morning, come back. 6 p.m., we're gonna have a Vision Night, we're gonna have some music, we're gonna have some prayer, we're gonna be talking about what God has been doing already in us, but also what he's gonna do coming in the future. And then we're gonna vote to add that as a core value. So don't show up if you're gonna vote against it, okay? <laughs> and if you're like, well, hey, Matt, I'm not a member yet. Yes, you have to be an official member. We now have our grow class, which is our membership class live online. So you can take it right now. You don't have to wait till we offer it again in person in a, couple, in a month or so. Take it right now online and become a member and show up and vote to approve that we will be an every nation congregation. That's one of the, the main things that we're talking about there. Because we don't want to wait until heaven we don't wanna wait till heaven. And in fact, I believe that becoming an every nation congregation is part of what the Great Commission means. Do you guys know about the Great Commission? 
This is what Jesus commanded. He commissioned all of his followers to do after he had risen from the dead but before he went into heaven. He's like, okay, I'm leaving you guys. Now you gotta take care of this. Uh Uh-oh, that's a bad, bad problem for us human beings. But he's like, okay, this is what I want you to do. Focus on this one big thing, the great commission, we call it, because it's so important. And in Matthew 28, 19, this is what Jesus told his followers. He says, therefore, go and make disciples, help people follow Jesus, of all nations. Do you see that? All nations. Let me tell you a little secret. The word all in Greek there is panta. The word every in Revelation 7, 9 is panta, okay? It's the same Greek word. All, every, they're synonyms, right? It means all, it means every. It's every single one. So go and make disciples of all nations, of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, in verse 20, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So it's not at the end of the age, then we'll have all the nations represented. No, no, no. We are building towards that until the end of the age. Does that make sense? That's our great commission. Now, I'd always heard this preached growing up that it's like, okay, that means we should go to the nations. We should send missionaries out. We should, we should send people around the world. Yes and amen, right? That is what it means. And we believe in bold outreach here, that we are boldly sent to seek and love the lost. So we send people around the world. We had two different teams, more people than ever before go on a short-term global outreach trips this summer. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah, let's praise God for that. We had, um, with that, we're gonna hear from them in a couple weeks some of the amazing things that they were doing in Mexico and in Estonia. God's doing some cool work through our short-term teams. And we send those short-term teams there because we have long-term missionaries that we support there in those places. Because we wanna make long-term relations to help those people become followers of Jesus and start gospel movements in those countries, in those regions that we impact. And even like, we, we support missionaries in Estonia and we have for a long time. And what's cool is a lot of the Ukrainian refugees have come into Southern Estonia and there's also a lot of Russians there. So we're reaching like three nations just by sending people to one nation, right? That's cool. We believe in global outreach here and we're never gonna stop with that because that is part of the Great Commission. We're gonna talk about that more uh, coming up. But I also believe that God also brings the nations here. You guys notice that? <laughs> if you looked around <laughs> here in Denver, in Aurora, if you look around, the nations are here. It's a really interesting thing. I, I really dove into this when I first moved here and I've tried to keep up on the demographics of our area. So our, our church, we meet here in Hangar 61, right on the south end of the neighborhood of Central Park. If you look in the Central Park neighborhood, 80238, it is 70% white. It is one of the highest educated zip codes in the country, one of the wealthiest in the, the state of Colorado. Okay, that, that's to the north of us, right? You look to the west of us, I'm getting the directions. Just kind of go with that. Okay, don't trust my hands. They are not the compass, okay? Use an actual compass or your phone like you all do. Okay, <laughs> to the west of us is North Park Hill, a historic African-American neighborhood. To the northeast of us is Montbello, a heavily Latino neighborhood. And northeast in Green Valley Ranch, another heavy uh, Latino neighborhood. They, all those people come here. To the south of us and to the southeast of us is North Aurora, which is one of the most diverse cities in the entire country. There are over 100 languages spoken of in northern North Aurora. Did you guys know that? There are refugees, there are immigrants, and all those people are within a very close proximity to our church, and they come here to worship together. Yeah, praise God for that. And so the nations are here. They're on our doorstep, right? And 
we should reach them. We should be an every nation congregation. When I first moved here, there was a leader here in the church who was no longer a part of our church, as you'll see why. And he was, when we were talking about how to reach the neighborhoods around us, how can we reach people for Jesus? He said, Matt, you know what we need to do is we need to be a homogenous unit. And I knew what he was talking about because in the 80s and 90s and into the early 2000s, there was a big church growth movement and they wanted to teach churches, this is how you grow and do these things. And if you do these principles, you'll grow. And one of those was the homogenous unit principle that if you wanna reach people, you go after one demographic. So, okay, if you're an African-American church, you go after African-American people. If you are a Latino church, you go after Latino people. And, and, and that, that's why around here, you'll see a lot of churches like this, right? There's the Sudanese American church, there's the Vietnamese American church, and there's a lot of churches like that. But, but the problem is, if, if you're white, then do you have a white church? Well, that's what the homogenous principle teaches. It's kind of come out of, favor as you can understand why. So when this leader early on suggested that we try to do that, and you look at the statistics of it, it actually works. If you wanna build a church quicker and help it grow quicker, that's what you should do. Go after one demographic. It's easier to please one type of people, right? You don't have to deal with the conflict and the issues and the, the disagreements and the, the cultural offenses that come with that. But I couldn't stomach it. I'm like, no, that's not where God has put us. That's, that's not where God has put us. God has put us here to reach the people around us. And if the great commission is make disciples of every nation, we need to be an every nation congregation. And I know, I know that means we're not gonna grow as fast as some of the other churches and I don't care, okay? Because we're gonna be an every nation congregation. Um, somebody texted me during the first service. You guys get the special stuff because when something cool happens first service, they don't get it, right? A black woman uh, texted me and, and she, she texted me this. She said, hey, Matt, do you remember when you first came and I told you that my family made up 99% of the black congregation here? Okay. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this conversation. She said, and you said, we have to change that. Look how far we've come. Praise God. Isn't that cool? Because we're not gonna be a homogenous unit here. We're gonna be a heterogeneous unit, Right? We're gonna have differences. We're gonna have different languages, different cultures, and we're gonna to come together as one because there's one God and one lamb, Jesus Christ, who we should worship together. Amen. And I would say this, the church was always supposed to be that way. Do you guys know on the very first day of church, do you know what the first day of church was? Does anybody know this? Anybody know? The day of Pentecost. So Jesus died, he rose from the dead. He was around for 40 days, appeared to over 500 different people. And then he ascended into heaven. And before he left, he said, hey guys, to his followers, he said, I want you to just stop and pray for a bit. Go into the upper room in Jerusalem and just pray until the Holy Spirit comes on you in power. And then you're gonna know what to do. So they're in the upper room praying. There's 120 Jewish people, all from one culture, right? 120 Jewish people. Then the Holy Spirit comes on them. They see tongues of fire and they begin speaking in different languages that they do not know. Day one of the church. And then they start like going out and telling people all these things and they're speaking in these languages. Like, I don't even know what I'm saying. And I'm saying, talking about Jesus. And I want you to pick up this story in Acts chapter two, verse five. Look at this. In Acts chapter two, verse five, it says, now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation. 
Okay, we've seen that phrase before. Every nation under heaven, when they heard the sound of all these disciples speaking in these different languages, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. All the different languages, all the different nations that are represented there in Jerusalem. And it tells you what those nations are. Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia. This would be part of the Middle East where like Iran and Iraq is, right? There are people there, they're hearing it in their language. It goes on, it says, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia. Yes, parts of Asia were represented there. And then it says, Phrygia, however you pronounce that, and Pamphylia, (laughs) Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. Okay, that's North Africa. These are some dark-skinned people coming in, right, Do, And they're here in their language. And then it says, visitors from Rome, maybe a little bit lighter-skinned, right? Europeans, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans from the island of Crete, and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Day one of church, every nation congregation. That's what God intended. People from every continent, people from every language, every country, every ethnic group, every tribe, every skin color, all coming together because there's one gospel and one God and one lamb to worship. Every nation congregation on day one of the church. And Peter went out and preached to all of them. 3,000 people got saved that day. First mega church, okay, on day one. I don't know if you guys knew that, okay? Like that's what happened because the Holy Spirit so empowered these people to go out and proclaim to the nations and the nations were there. Every nation congregation from day one. And yet in the United States of America, Martin Luther King Jr. said a few decades back that 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning is the most segregated hour in America. And statistically things haven't changed too much since that time, the 60s. What happened? We could, we could spend whole hours studying the history of why that happened in the church, but it should never have happened. It's not the way it ever should have been. From day one, God says, I want in every nation congregation and I will send my Holy Spirit to make it. And that's why we want to be in every nation congregation today. That's what the church is supposed to be like. It's supposed to reflect heaven. I mean, we're not perfect. We're not close to what heaven is supposed to look like, but we're making progress towards that, right? And we need to keep doing that as a church. So, so with that, um, we, we begin to see some amazing things. Maybe you were here two weeks ago when, when we had a young gal from Austria and when she shared her story about her uh, coming to faith in Jesus Christ, we let her share it in her native tongue, which wasn't German, I learned. Like it was a whole, it's a whole different language. Like I didn't even know that, I'm learning, right? But we're like, we wanna hear that story in her native tongue. It was cool to hear that. Or maybe you were here a few months ago when we had six people get baptized and only one was born in the United States. That's pretty cool, right? That's every nation congregation stuff. And, and maybe you'll see Oscar, and Oscar's in the back right now. He serves on one of our cameras, and he has his phone out. Do you know why? So he can understand me through Google Translate as I preach, because he's from Colombia, and he wants to hear the message. I love that. We get these glimpses of what heaven is like, that we have no, by our, our best counts, almost 30 different languages that are spoken in our church. That's pretty cool. And, and we wanna get a better count. We're gonna do probably a survey coming up so we can actually know where we are so we can keep making progress, right? And, and about that many nations represented as well. And, and we love it. We even have, for the first time, a community group in Espanol, okay? That's pretty cool, right? 
So you should get plugged into Claudia's um, community group in Espanol because those community groups are launching this week. That's a great way to connect even if you hardly speak in English. Okay? And, and we're just getting started, right? We've got a long ways to go. We, we get that. But we wanna work towards it to become the every nation congregation to reflect heaven now. I don't wanna wait. Reflect heaven now by cultivating a, a community of diversity for all people. That's what we're gonna do. And with that, if you're here in person, we have this card on your seat for Every Nation Sunday. If you're online, we should have um, a, a little QR code for that as well, if we can put that next slide up. This card is kind of explain what this Every Nation Sunday is gonna do. We're trying this for the first time on September 24th, coming up in two weeks. We're gonna have a special service. We're gonna shorten it a little bit because we wanna celebrate the diversity here as we keep growing more and more diverse. Um, so we ask you and encourage you to bring a dish to share, some kind of food, bring some food, maybe some, something to bring in or, or some drink that celebrates your culture and you can wear clothing that represents your culture as well, okay? And, and we wanna celebrate that. And this could be, you know, you bring in your tamales or if you're from the Midwest, bring in something deep fried on a stick, okay? Whatever <laughs> it is that represents your culture, we wanna celebrate all of our differences, and bring those in, and we're gonna have a little bit shorter service. We're gonna have some special music, a special message, and then afterwards, we're gonna head out into our backyard here, and after each service time, we're gonna have a time just to hang out, celebrate, and have fun together. That's gonna be good, right? So, so bring your dish, bring some clothing that represents whatever culture it is, um, and this card now, since you have heard all the instructions, this card is for someone else, but not just anyone else. We want you to invite someone who is different than you from a different nation, from a different tribe, from a different people, it's some, from a different language, maybe even just a different dialect, or maybe from even just a different region, somebody who's different than you, we want you to invite them so that we can grow as an every nation congregation. Can we do that? Okay, that's what that is for, September 24th. Put it on your calendars, don't miss it. Because God's heart is that everyone would be saved. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul tells us about God's heart for the world. He says, God our Savior, who wants everyone, not just some, not just a few, not just one ethnic group, not just one people, not just one language, everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants everyone to know Jesus, find eternal life, have purpose now, be forgiven of their sins now, and have eternal life with him in heaven where we truly fully will have the perfected vision of what that looks like in Revelation, right? God wants everyone to be saved. He loves everyone. He wants everyone. Did you know that? Can you turn to the person next to you and say, God wants you? If, if you're watching online, maybe tag someone and say, God wants you, okay? Because God wants you. He wants every single person. He loves every single human soul. They are made in his image and he wants them. He loves them. He cares about them. And that should be our attitude as well. In a five-mile radius of our church, there are some 350,000 men, women, and children who don't go to church anywhere. Meaning they might not know Jesus, meaning they might be destined for an eternity away from him. That's a lot of people, 350,000. And I think that estimate is low. That's estimating a very high percentage of people go to church. And I know, <laughs> I talk to people, I'm like, no, they ain't going to church. I know, you know. Okay, so... So 350,000 on the low end. There are entire nations in our world that do not have 350,000 unchurched people in them. Meaning we've got a lot of work to do 
And if we're just reaching that five mile radius of our church, if we're just meeting the, reaching those everyone, it seems daunting, doesn't it? It seems overwhelming when you drive around and see how many people, you go to any event, any restaurant, wow, all these people, if every one of them needs to know Jesus. And it can often stop us from doing anything. And that's where our vision is gonna play a really important role. You guys ready for the big idea? I want you to lean in for a second. Put your phone down for a second. Look at me. You can't spell everyone without one. You with me on this? You can't spell everyone without one. Everyone includes every single one. We, we forget this. We think of the mass and we've got to reach the mass. That seems impossible. No, no, we've got to reach the one. And that needs to be our heartbeat. Every single one of us needs to seek the one. Did you see our fancy little sign up here? Can we get a camera? Get that on the camera for the online people. Seek the one. We unleashed this vision last September that this should be the heartbeat of every single person in our church to seek the one. So what does that mean? I'm glad you asked. It really comes from a parable Jesus tells, and we're gonna look at this parable in Luke chapter 15. In Luke chapter 15, I want you to get the setting of this so you understand why it's important for us. It says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. So tax collectors, they're ripping people off. They're the rich sinners. And then the sinners are the poor sinners. Okay, those are the labels. Rich sinners, poor sinners. And they were all gathering around to hear Jesus. They love Jesus. So this is the people in our culture. This is the Wall Street bros. Like they're coming to hear Jesus as well as some people that are maybe walking around on Colfax, right? They're all getting together because they love Jesus. They need Jesus. They realize how much Jesus is great. And they're gathering around him, all these sinners, the rich sinners, the poor sinners. But in verse two, it says, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered. These are the religious leaders, the pastors, the churchgoers, the deacons and elders. They're not happy. Why not? This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. That sin is gonna rub off on Jesus. How can he condone their behavior by accepting them and eating with them? This is what religious people do, right? I don't wanna be with those other different type of people because they're sinners, they're different, they're bad. I don't like that thing about them and their culture. Jesus loves them. Jesus is called a friend of sinners because he hung out with them and ate with them. Okay, that's a little bonus point. Eating with other people is a spiritual practice, okay? Eat with the unchurched, eat with sinners. They're grumbling. And then Jesus tells them this parable. You ready for this? He tells them this spiritual story. He says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. They would have understood they were an agricultural society. A lot of them may, may have come from shepherd backgrounds or at least they can understand the concept, right? Even if they're not ranchers. Okay, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he round up and say, well, I almost got all of them. Is that what Jesus says? No. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? He goes after the one. And when he finds it, verse five says, he joyfully, that means happy, he happily picks it up, puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Jesus so said, that's what a good shepherd does. He doesn't just round up and say, well, I almost got a hundred. No, each one is valuable and important to him. And if a sheep is valuable, how much more than a human soul? 
a human being created in the image of God. That's what Jesus is saying. You think a sheep's important and you would leave the 99 to go after the one. In Matthew, Jesus tells this parable also, and I want you to get where we get the phrase, seek the one. He says, what do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? That's where that phrase comes from, seek the one. You go look after it. You search for it over hill and valley into the mountains looking for this one lost sheep. And then when you find it, you pick it up and put it on your shoulders. Who in here has picked up a sheep and put it on their shoulders? Okay, one person. Okay, that's good. First service had nobody. We have a woman in our church who, who works in animal, um, I don't even know what her title is, animal science and all that kind of stuff. And she told me after, last year when I preached on this, she's like, Matt, if you pick up a sheep, like at first they're pretty like wild. Like it's kind of awkward and hard because they're like struggling with you. But then when you put them up on your shoulder, they almost just relax, they're calm. And isn't that what it's like when we go after some people? I don't want anything to do with Jesus. You Christians are all a bunch of hypocrites. I don't want any, I don't want to go to church. What a waste of time. I don't want to be dragged there. And that's what my parents did. They dragged me to church, Ugh, right? And then they meet Jesus. They find Jesus and everything about them changes and they just relax, okay? Jesus says a good shepherd goes after the one, the one, he seeks the one. And then this shows the heart. In case you're not a rancher, let me, let me just bring it home for you, just like Jesus did. After he comes home with that one sheep in verse six, it says, then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, be happy with me, celebrate with me. Let's have a party because I have found my lost sheep. That's the heart. Like if it's just for a sheep, what's the heart for a human being? That's exactly what Jesus is getting to. Verse seven, he says, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. When one sinner finds Jesus, one sinner is saved. The angels are celebrating. The saints who've gone before us are throwing a party. God himself is smiling. So we should have the same attitude here to care and love and be excited over one sinner who repents, just one. And that's the kind of heart we need in our church, to seek the one. I want us to think about the one, to care about the one, to go after the one over hill and valley. And, and what this means, practically speaking, to take up our challenge to, to be part of this vision is that you have at least one person on your heart, on your mind, on your prayers always, that you're like, I'm gonna seek after that one person. You can have more than one. We're not gonna stop you, okay? Because it is an attitude, but you need at least one person that you're gonna go after. I have my one and every chance I get, I talk with this person. I invite them to church, I encourage them. I have spiritual conversations. I love this person. I try to help them out because they're one of my neighbors every chance I get. And that's the kind of heart I want you to have until that one is found. And then you can help them even more, right? <laughs> it doesn't just stop there. There's still a lot of encouragement that they need. But that's the heart that I wanna have as a church. Our vision is to seek the one. And what we mean by that is we want to be a thousand strong who seek the one. We want a thousand people in this neck of the woods who have that on their hearts. Because there's 350,000 around us. If you're wondering like where we got the number of thousand, I don't know, it's like an army. Like we're gonna need an army to make a dent in this part of the city. So we need a thousand strong if we wanna make any impact at all in our city for Christ. So we had 214 people last year who took the challenge 
to, to seek the one. I'm gonna have one person that I'm gonna commit to to follow. And if you'll notice, if you look up front, we had a whole bunch more people first service that took the commitment. So if you reach underneath your seats, if you're here in person, there is a card and there should be a pen. If you've already filled out one of these cards in the past, you don't have to do it again because you're already part of the army, right? But if you haven't done this and you're willing to take us up on the challenge to join our army of love, to seek the one, we want you to fill out this card. Does everybody have one of those? And if you're online, there's, there's a graphic that you can do too. We want people online to seek the one just as much. Even if you're not even in our five mile radius or vicinity, right? We, we all wanna seek the one. And I want you to think about that one person. You can write your name, that's the top, your email just so we can encourage you as we go, and then your one. Who's that one person? And then how can we pray for them? Maybe there's something they're going through. We would love to join with you to pray for your one. And we want to keep adding to that number all the time. And if you're like, Matt, we can't fit a thousand people in this space. <laughs> You're right, okay? Our vision is bigger than this building, okay? And we'll talk about that more coming up in the future. But we wanna be a thousand strong to seek the one because that's what we're gonna need to make any sort of difference in our city, to make it look a little bit more like heaven. So as you guys are filling out that card, I just wanna share with you, um, we made this decision last September to unleash this vision to seek the one. And so we've been kind of encouraging it, pushing that for about a year now. And last August, so a month before that, I made the commitment and, and we made it as a staff that every single Sunday, we would not only share the gospel of Jesus Christ, but we would ask people to respond through the sinner's prayer. If you guys have been here for even one Sunday, we do that every week, right? So we made that con commitment last August. We did seek the one so that when we bring our one, every chance they have an opportunity to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and be found. So in those 13 months, I just wanna tell you what God has done already. Listen to this. We have seen 178 people indicate to us that they made a first-time decision for Jesus Christ. Yeah, you can celebrate that. Because we were seeing so many people indicate that to us, we wrote this um, faith trail guide. And we've been handing these books out um, since Easter. And we have them um, like a digital version and the physical. And we've given away at least 150 of these. And we have more of them if you need it. These are just for your first few steps of faith. We wanna help you take your first few steps of faith. We have seen 46 people go public with their faith through baptism during that time. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And our in-person attendance has grown by 58%. That's 158 more people every single Sunday who are worshiping together, okay? And that's amazing. And we care about those numbers. We count people because people count. Every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story deserves a sequel. And we care about every single one. I don't have somewhere between two and four kids. I have three kids, right? Because we count the things that are most important to us and we count every single one. And that's why we need to seek the one together. And that's just with 214 people seeking the one. Just imagine what we'll do with an army, okay? God is going to do something amazing here in our city. We're gonna see lives transformed. We're gonna see families restored, marriages brought back together. We're gonna see people who are in depression find hope and, and purpose. Those who are struggling can find the real help that they need in Jesus. And we will all come together from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation to worship the lamb together. That's what we're building here as a church. In every nation congregation who seeks the one. And I hope you're gonna be in. 
If you took us up on this challenge last year and you filled out one of these cards, could you put up your hand high in the air? Let's celebrate those people who are already on this, this vision with us. And if you're part of those, you know, 158 new people, we hope that you will take this up too. And if you're willing to do that, I want you right now to come forward. If you're here and then uh, we're doing something upstairs. What are we doing upstairs, Sawyer? They have magnets up there. Sawyer's going up to help you guys. But um, I always forget now because we've only had a balcony for four months, right? But I want you to come forward. Here in this basket, we have some magnets. I want you to take your card and I want you to just stick it right there on the front of the stage so we can see how this army is growing. And here are the 214 from last year, okay? Okay, can we do that right now? Come on up. Okay, in case you didn't understand this, Jesus is the good shepherd, okay? You have to read between the lines a little bit in that story that he tells, but he's the good shepherd. He's the one who leaves the 99 to go after the one sinner. He cares about every single one and he loves people. He cares about them even when they're far from him. He comes to spend time with you, to eat with you. He loves spending time with you. He wants you. And Jesus left the 99 and came after the one willing to go over the mountain and willing to even go to the cross to die in your place. And when he shed his blood on the cross, he allows anyone who looks to him in faith to have their sins forgiven once for all. They are given new purpose now. They can join in this mission and they are giving eternity with him forever where it's gonna be perfect and every nation will finally come together in the peace that we all long for. That's available just by looking to the good shepherd who sought you first. And I'm telling you this because I wanna give you an opportunity to respond today. So I'm gonna give you an opportunity to respond through that simple prayer, to confess that you're a sinner and to receive that gift of forgiveness and eternal life so that you might follow Jesus. So I'm gonna give you a simple prayer to repeat. If you're already a follower of Jesus, say this prayer out loud to give courage to somebody around you who needs to pray it for the first time. And would everybody just close your eyes with me? Please repeat after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Save me, forgive me. In faith I declare, Jesus is Lord. Fill me with your spirit. Give me the gift of eternal life. Give me new hope. Give me new purpose. Help me to follow you and seek the one. Now with eyes closed, if you said that prayer for the first time, we wanna celebrate with you. We wanna rejoice just like the angels are celebrating. So put your hand in the air on the count of three and we'll get you one of those faith trail guides. So put your hand in the air on the count of three. One, two, three. Praise God, I see that hand. I see that hand in the back as well. A couple over here. Keep those hands up. Um, let's celebrate together. Um, Lord God, we are just so grateful 
for those who make a decision today because we know that you save sinners and you are celebrating. The fa our Father in heaven is smiling right now over every single hand that is raised. And Lord God, we know the angels are rejoicing and we rejoice with them. Lord, we're so grateful that you love sinners like us, that you care about us, that you want us. So help us be the people to go out and seek the one. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.